Praise God. So, uh, praise God. We are, we are blessed today to have a very important man in my life bring the word today. Uh, his example throughout my life has been amazing. And, and uh, if anyone knows the life of a PK, it's difficult, but he always did his best. And he was a great example and uh, I, I apply a lot. You guys are like my, my, test, my test bunnies. I, I take what I, I watch them and then I test it on you. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to ask my parents to stand. My parents are here with me today. So my mom and my, my father. And then I'm going to invite, I'm gonna invite uh, Reverend Carlos Diaz Jr. to the pulpit. God bless you all. Well, I want to first thank, well, thank the Lord for allowing me to be here and, and the leadership of this house. Thank you so much, Pastor, for allowing me and inviting me. And if you, if you weren't inviting me, at least, well, thank you for allowing me to be here. Uh, it's the first time, and I, uh, it never changes when one brings the word. You're very cautious, careful. Because their souls and hearts are listening to the word of God. I don't take this lightly. And church, we cannot preach the word lightly. If we are stained blood, Holy Ghost filled, seeking revival in our lives. See, people want to have revival outside. But the revival comes with it in. From inside. Today more than ever we need to seek the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We sung about fire. We sing about being tried. We sing about, you know, he will never fail you. And yet we live a life contrary. Contrary to that. I'm praying for you Philly fans. God knows. The church I've passed for the last 27 years, going on 28, we have both sides, and we fellowship together lightly. Let's bring the word to the Lord. Father, I thank you for this time. I ask for the guidance of your Holy Spirit. We have come today, Father, because I believe that there is a hunger and a thirst to seek a God that is mighty and powerful. A God that doesn't live up, up high or stories of the book of the Bible, but a God that transformed lives, prostitute, drug addiction, transform even those that claim to be good in their own sight. You see, Father, we know that the heart of man is inclined to sin every day. And that's why we need to turn to you and seek you. Not through our might, not through our power, not through our strength or intelligence, but our humble hearts to you. So we pray and we ask you in Jesus' name to help us today. I want to speak about we can't move forward. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I thought I was in a Pentecostal church. 
we can't move forward. And of course, if I wasn't a Pentecostal, no, Pastor, we can't move forward. So let's just, let's try it again. Is that okay? Is that okay? I mean, my son told me that this is a, a church that is very verbal. I know I might throw some cold shower when I said about the Phillies, but, you know, you, you guys are doing good, so I, I got to give you some perks. But we can't move forward without the axe. Without the axe head. And I want to read a scripture on 2 Kings chapter 6, 1 through 7. We read in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. One day a group of prophets came to Elijah and told him, As you can see, this place where we met with you is too small. Let go down to the Jordan River where there's plenty of logs. There we can build a new place for us to meet. All right, he said. Go ahead. Please come with us. Someone suggested, I will, he said. So he went with them. When they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried. It was borrowed axe. Where did it fall? And the man of God asked where he showed him the place. Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the place. Elijah cut a stick and threw it into the water at the spot. Then the axe head floated to the surface. Grab it, he said, Elijah said. And the man reached out and grabbed it. Today, there's no excuse. And I am going to tell you right now that we need the power of the Holy Ghost. We, we all agree with that. Revival in our homes, revival in the schools, in our jobs, in our family, in revival in the church. We need revival in the community. I mean, we look around, and sometimes, I don't know about you, but uh, you know, sometimes we stay with our mouth open as to what's happening around. And I want to say that one person said, um, uh, uh, Ravenhill said once, Evangelism affects others while revival affects me. And I want to bring a point today that we talk about revival. We want revival. We're constantly seeking the flow of the Spirit. But my question is why? Why do we want revival? Why do we seek the power of God? And the first response, it has to be because it transformed me. And when it transforms you, you can transform your environment. We are an influence. We influence a group of people whether we want to or not. Whether it be 10 to 15 people in our circle of influence. Every person here influenced for good or for bad. Your family, your job, wherever you hang out, in the gym which I don't. <laughs> but we hang out in places that we are influencers. We influence people. So we have to understand church today that if we are serious, we just sung, try me by fire. 
And I don't know if you know what the magnitude of that means. It means we're asking God to throw us into the furnace to shape us. I would say to whip us into shape. But see, I, I also realize that we have a generation that don't like that. We have a generation that want things easy. We're not a generation that my time is my time and God's time is, well, afterwards. So today I want to talk to you about Elijah. Elijah was a prophet and he had a school of prophecy. And he had these prophets with him. And the place that he was at was getting too small. Now I don't say this so your mind can be limited to this place. I don't want no one to think that this place is too small. Go beyond your imagination and understand is, is your faith too small? Is your love too small? Is your desire to see God too small? Is your giving too small? Is our desire to work in the community for God too small? Is our fellowship among each other too small? So there was a time that the, these prophets came to Elijah and says, our place is too small. And I want you to stay on all this topic that I just said. Let's build a bigger place. Let's go down to the waters and build something. I want to tell you right now, it's going to take more than the Holy Spirit. The greatest need for the church and the Christians alike today is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It is the power that made the early church the church. You don't make the church with certain things. The Holy Ghost made the difference. Yeah. You were singing a song and my, uh, something came into mind and says, oh, I know I've been changed. This old gospel song says, oh, I know I've been changed. You can Google, Google it and you can sing it on your own. Okay? <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. The Holy Ghost made the difference as we look at the, uh, today we see one young student named to Elijah. The place were too small. These young prophets were at a place where they needed to enlarge. And I think we need to enlarge our vision, enlarge our faith, enlarge our commitment, enlarge our love for God, for the ministry. Each person here is, in essence, a minister of the gospel of God. You transmit, not just to your word, John Wesley once says, preach and preach, and if you have to, open your mouth. Let us live out the gospel. Hmm. Can I tell you where you're at, whether it be here or here or here, is too small. I need to grow in God. When they arrived, they started cutting on trees, and one Point number one is work comes to a halt without the axe head. We want to work today. We don't have the power to work. You know that, right? You hear me? We have great ideas. You know, it's like you want to be boxing, but you don't go to the gym. You want to play baseball. You know, it's amazing how we go to the baseball games, right? And then after our team wins... What do we do? 
Ah, I won, I won. You didn't win squat. You didn't win. They won. You didn't hustle. You're not getting paid the million dollars. You're not willing to sacrifice what these players sacrifice. Are we winning souls? They came to a point in their work that they lost the axe head. If we, the church of living God, are going to make an impact in this hour, in this time, it takes more than softball games, domino play, cards, and rice and bean suppers, and trips to Six Flags and whatnot. All that is good. But it takes more than that, guys. It takes more than that. It's going to take the power of the Holy Ghost. There can be no doubt that we need, that we need all that, but that we need in the assemblies of God the power of the Holy Ghost. And I mean to say that to all congregation. We just came out of 2020. And I was telling to one of your leadership, I said, you know, I told the church once, and my, I, don't I, don't, I don't recognize you guys anymore. I don't, I didn't, I'm coming back and the church that we left before the pandemic, it's that the same church that came after the pandemic. It's like we're going through a furnace and instead of smelling Jesus, we're smelling flesh. I'm going to say like, the Spanish evangelistic says, no one's going to invite me again, but that's okay. But I need to preach and tell you from my heart. Ever since Pastor Vince is here, I've been, we've been praying. Our church prays. Our fellowship prays. They pray for me. I need all the prayers I can get from everywhere. It is not just education or better organization or fine equipment, which we all need that. Advanced methods, all of these are good in their place, but it's the spirit that gives life. Psalm 62.11 talks about the power belong to God. Not by my strength, but the power belongs to God. There is a difference in the way a Holy Ghost congregation sings and prays and work and organize and worship and evangelize. There is a fire that shut up in your bones. It's like you got to do it. You want to do it. And if you don't do it, you, you, you die. You, 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 you shrivel away. We have more excitement with games and more excitement with other things. Oh, I got a new a 12 iPhone. <laughs> you come to my house, I have from number three all the way up to what was the last one that they gave me in the church, which I use maybe 10% of it because I don't even know how to use it. Oh, Pat, do you know you can do this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're probably watching me. Yeah, I know, but, you know. Half the time, we don't even use everything that we have. Am I wrong? I mean, how many in a Puerto Rican house, how many pots do you have, ladies? You got pots that you haven't even touched. 
And if you come from a Dominican family, forget that. <laughs> there is a difference. Not every church is a Holy Ghost church. Not every AG church is the Holy Ghost church. It's like the like you have a, a can of, I don't know, what do you call it, uh, beans in, its, in a shelf, but it, it ain't beans until it's beans inside. The name could have, labels can be labels, but it's what inside that counts. I know that we talk about love, but if we don't show the love, right, it's just simple love. It ain't really love. When the church loses the touch of God and it starts being the church, it becomes a church. The church is working for God. The church works for God and a church works for itself. Mm. The church is filled with excitement about God, but the a church has no excitement. It has rituals. The church sees souls being saved, and the eight church hasn't seen a soul saved in years. The church experienced the power of God, and the eight churches experienced strife, contentment among people. The church is filled with people in love with Jesus, and the eight church is love with the world. Not love for the world, but love the things of the world. The church is filled with people in love. And I repeat that again with Jesus, the church is love with the world. The church is looking for his return, amen? Yeah. You know he's coming, right? Yeah. You know he saves, yeah. he heals, yeah. he baptizes in fire, and he's coming again. That hasn't stopped. Every year we put a theme in the church. This year is a theme that we have to reemphasize our biblical principles. That Jesus saves, heals, baptizes, and the Holy Ghost and fire and is coming again. Something things that we should not forget about. The church is looking for his return while a church can't even get its member to return. You can snap, you can snap. If there ever is a time we need to beat the church is now, my people. We're in a very, very crucial time. It's crucial nine time. If ever there's a time we need a church, the church, that produced miracles today. When we are all ungodly stopped, it won't. Why? Because the church has stopped. She has lost something, the touch of God. May God let us be the church full of praise and power and glory of God. There's no time for to look alike or, wanna, or we wannabes or make-believe. Give us the power of a God that still set man's free. Embrace the chains of sin and the bands of hell. I believe, and I and I have to tell you, and I know that those folks in my generation, and there might be once one or two here. So maybe uh, we have to pray for those that are younger. But I said many times, I in 146th and Broadway, we have seen the drug addict come, and I come, 
from that area when people would come stoned out and in those days was heroin and they would come and they'll be come to the altar and we pray we pray that them to be saved and healed. There were no programs in those days and methadone programs. There were no stuff. If you're simply cold, cold turkey. Don't you think that we need to have some cold turkey experience and have the fire of the Lord come and set us free? Let's be the church. This young man went to the prophet Elijah and says, Master, I'm paraphrasing, is urgent. Why? Why? I lost. I lost my accent. It was borrowed. It had been given to me to use so I could complete the work. Jesus tells the church, the disciple, go to the upper room and wait, tarry. Wait until, like, today we tell people, wait for me. And the first thing he says, well, how long? <laughs> well, can't you wait? Well, how long? I'm sure that Pastor Vince must have told you his story. We lived in Camden for a bit. And it was snowing. And I was coming from the Bronx. Right? So, you know, one of those military, when I was a Marine, anyway, coming down. And I told him in the morning, you, I'm going to pick you up and don't you move. Well, I got there a little late. My first, my first, my wife, my first lady, you ready to say hi, start winning this. 42 years and counting. Every day, the same face on her, her and I. We grown, it's like that song, I've grown accustomed to your face. And I said to me, it's a miracle that she still has me. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. But the, the, the disciple went to the upper room and they were waiting until the power of the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Don't you think that sometimes we have to wait a little longer? We're so used to drive throughs We have drive through prayers. drive through stuff. God ain't a God that drives through. He drives, he drives in. And he wants to stay in. And it will transform our lives. So that we can be his image. Lesson number two, or point number two. The act was given for a purpose. We cannot do anything in the flesh that is spirit-led if we don't have the Holy Spirit. That man could have looked mighty silly out there chopping without the axe head. You know, um, follow, what's a follow? A stick. You know, like you, you have an axe in your hand without the head, and some people are just banging their stick upon their work is not going to get done. Many churches are wasting their time trying to function without the power of Christ. We are the handle and Christ is the head. 
I mean, we, we can go on and talk about Ephesians 5.23 about the husband, the head, and the wife. And a lot of the wives go, oh, no, don't say that again because my husband, he has a big head. <laughs> it means more than being the head. It's understanding your household, considering your mate, honoring. Ephesians, uh, Colossians 1.18 talks that he is the head of the body of the church. Without the head, we are hopeless. We remember it is the head that tells the body what to do and not the other way around. God, if you do this for me, we said that before. If you, if you take me out of jail, I'll serve you, and the moment they get out, they, uh, it's party time. God understands. No, it's not party time. It's time to come to the altar. And maybe we can play that at the end, come to the altar. Because I think it's time that we as a church learn to, to understand his reverence, his love, and the place that God deals with you. Yeah, he deals in the seed, he deals in the car, he deals at home. But there is a place that he deals with us on one and one. And it's at the altar. Kneeling at the altar, falling in front of him, recognize his sovereignty and gracious and holiness. Mm. Philippians 2 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Mm. Acts 1 8 talks about that, and ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Are we his witnesses? And, you know, are we truly his witness? And the first thing when we minister to people, we say, well, you know, I, I, I don't drink. I don't, I don't take drugs. I, I, I don't do anything bad. It's not a point of doing anything bad. It's the point of recognizing him. He went to the cross for you. He came to seek that that was lost. He wants to reconcile man with himself. Do you understand that the angels are created creatures and, and so are we, but we are different. We have a self-will. We have the power to say yes and no, and we have... The ability to recognize and, and, and taste redemption and, and sanctification and, and being justified by grace. And, and we understand that. We taste it and we say, wow, I thank God. And so when we sing, the angels are like, wow, I wish I could sing like that. <laughs> and they sing heavily good. But they haven't been to the process that you and I have been and that you and I can go through. If we claim to be the body of Christ, then Christ has to be our head. Mm. Zephaniah 4.6 says, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And notice Elijah asks him, where did it fall? So here comes Elijah, where did it fall? 
He showed them. Many are not what they once were in God. And let me speak to you right now, those that are in this place. They used to be in a different place in God. See, you're physically here, but a few years or months ago, you were in a different relationship with God. And something happened between your relationship with God. And although you're still here, your relationship is not the same as it should be. And I don't say this to humiliate or humble anybody. I say this because it's urgent time that we need to get back what we lost. Because what we lost was borrowed. God did not die on the cross in vain so that you and I can mistreat salvation. God did not die in vain so we could chew up and spit it out. We need to get back to the place that we lost our relationship with God. If we're going to return and become what we once were, we are going to have to do two things. Admit that we have lost something. And that is probably one of the hardest things to do. I'm okay. I'm okay. You're dying and you're okay. You lost everything and you're okay. Your family is not okay. Your marriage is not okay. Your kids are not okay. We're not exempt, pastoral family, not exempt from the not okay stuff. We go through the same stuff that everyone goes through and perhaps much more. What keeps us going is that we understand that the price that Jesus paid on the cross of Calvary is worth so much more than the struggle and pains that I'm facing today. There's death, there's departure, there's rebellion, but I go towards the prize. Your eyes are still on the prize. You don't let nothing get in your way. You know, your, your so-called buddies and groupies and Instagram, they're going to be there when you're hurting. Oh, yeah, they, oh, yeah, you know, I saw you, yeah, you're in my, in my heart. You know, I'm not in your heart. You haven't seen me once and you're, gonna, you're in my heart. I'm just saying, you know, they're not there. I know it happens. This this is a different, I know this is a good church, but maybe you have people in my in other church, you know, in, in Jersey church. Let's put Jersey. I was gonna say hunting park, but I don't want to say that. In Jersey church, you got members that don't even tithe or give in their church because they're giving it to somebody else online because it's the palabra de Dios. He has, he has the word of God. Oh, my pastor, well, they don't, my church don't really need it. We got people that say, oh, my church is okay. They don't really need it. I'm going to send it out to those that really need it. Well, how do you know your church don't need it? Have you asked the treasurer? Have you asked the pastor? Has anyone ever asked the pastor during the pandemic, this is the pastor, are you okay? You need something? Coke or, and I mean a Coke, Coke, soda. 
Just in case. Yeah, I, I got to be careful where I'm at, you know? Are you okay? Is there anything I can do for you? But we do hear this. We do hear this. A mí no me llamaron. I haven't gotten a call from the pastor. 20 people call, but the pastor didn't call. Shame on you. We need to admit that we're lost. We need to understand that we are sinners and that we're bound to hell. We understand that without God's grace, we cannot move on. And second, we need to go back to where we lost it. If neglecting prayer lost it, then return back to your prayer life. If neglecting your study about your word, then get back to the word. Not being obedient, get back to the obedience. Stop being, if you stop being faithful, then get faithful again. The accent was lost by not paying attention. Do you know that? Simply put, if a person doesn't have desire for God, the things of God, you're about to lose something. The prophet made him take him to where he lost it. Elijah cut a limb from a tree, not a dead stick. He cut it from a tree. Only one with life will see the supernatural. He could have picked up a tree that was a little stick, it was like that. But he went and he cut it from a live, a live tree. Come on now. Life. And he threw it on the, on the water. And the axe had floated. Contrary to science. When you have life, you can give life. When you go you do evangelism, you need to pray and fast. Get on the word, prepare yourself, and go out with the unctions of the Holy Ghost. And you will see people come to Christ. God will not use a dead church. Christian once, but one that is alive. He threw it in the water, and the axe head did swim up. He came up. That which was lost is found. That which was borrowed is restored. And to my last point, you must reach for it. <laughs> he doesn't make a big thing. He, the axe float up, so what is there? You got to reach for it. We talk about the Lord. We talk about salvation. Goes, yeah, yeah, well, not now. Me, later. When, let me do my thing first. Let me, let me do my, let me. Do me. <laughs> There's a lot of people doing me in hell. And I'm not going to apologize for that. Once recovered, the work must be completed. The job could be finished. Whatever the vision, whatever the Lord has placed in Lighthouse has to be finished. Maybe the, 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 the way, the journey is different. Maybe the method might be different. But the vision of reaching the souls has to be done. You know, Peter stood up in Acts 1.15 and he preached to the disciples and there was 120 there. Hmm. We could only speculate perhaps some get tired and tarry. Remember I talked about they were waiting and they're waiting. There were 500 approximately and it dwindled down to 120. We could only speculate. 
They got tired. Nothing's going to come. I got things to do. God would not force himself upon you. But he did say in Matthew 7, 7, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall knock. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receiveth and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knock will be opened. We must first ask before we receive. We must first seek before we find. We must first knock before it is open. So are we seeking and asking and knocking on the door of God? God commands us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if we're not filled, it'll be because we are living beneath our privilege. When Christ ascended into heaven, he didn't leave us alone. And I'm closing. If you feel that you're going through the motion, let the Holy Spirit break both you and your will. You know, I'm not exempt. I got to pray that God break my will constantly. You know, I'm a man that bleeds when I'm cut. I cry when I'm hurt. I get bothered at times. I learn to laugh at things that happen, and I say, well, Lord, it's your church, and I'm not going to die over this, but uh, you, did, you died already. I'm going to make the best of it and pray for them. If you feel you're going through the motion, you've got to let the Holy Spirit break you. If you need forgiveness of sin, and this is, this is your day, let the Holy Spirit set you free. For it is by his conviction, by his responding to his conviction, you can be free from the bondage of sin and habit. If you feel alone, call on the Holy Ghost to come to be by your side. If you do not understand the circumstances that have hit you lately, this pandemic, this sickness, people that we, that we love have died, ministers have left, the church is empty because he has died, or people, half churches have died, and we try to make understanding of that. Let the Holy Spirit be our comforter. If you're seeking answers to things that does not pertain for you right now, you leave it in the hands of God and tell him, God, just feed me and fill me and let me understand that I am loved beyond compare. If you seek direction, let the Holy Spirit provide you with a vision. If things have not been going all well, let the Holy Spirit provide the direction. Let him build and restore anew. Let's close our eyes. For God has for all of you his love. He is not a respecter of persons. So I challenge you today, church. Finish the work. Finish the work. And I would say continue the work. With an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there will be an outpouring of people getting saved. I believe in these times we're going to see a revival in within ourselves, in the church. We will, we will affect our community. Without the axe head, the work stops. The axe had a purpose. The one that lost it had to reach for it. You need to reach for your axe. I challenge you to ask the Lord to empower you once again. We need his presence every day. 
We need his provisions every day. We need his power every day. The disciples turned the world upside down. They didn't have iPads or iPhones. They didn't have fancy gadgets. They did it word to word, mouth to mouth, living their life out. It didn't take, it doesn't take going to Bible college or anything else. It happens when you give yourself fully control to the Holy Spirit. The same power then is the same power that you have today. So as we were ushered into worship, I want to take a few seconds for you to just meditate. And I'm going to speak to the church. I cannot afford not to go to the altar. It's a place of refuge, a place where God speaks to me. It's a place of humbleness. I don't know how long you have not humbled yourself before the Lord. I don't know how long it's been before you've even spoken to the Lord. Sometimes we could be too busy doing church stuff and not God stuff. God is seeking men and women that are sold out for Christ. For you that have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you like coming to church, you're part of the church, but yet you haven't made that commitment. Yes, it is a commitment. It's a commitment that you make and for all eternity. Are you willing to live for Jesus? Are you leaving to leave things behind that does not matter in the heavenly realms? I invite you to the altar. Come to the altar. Have a time with Jesus. If you're going through stuff and only you know, whether it be sickness, family issues, lack of direction in your life, every step of faith guarantee that God's going to answer your petition. You see, I believe in a, in a walk of faith. Un paso de fe. As you get up and you go forward, come forward, you, every step you take is a step that you say, I believe that God's going to do something. Maybe not now, but he's going to do it in my life. Don't think about no one else but you right now. God is a personal God. And salvation is personal for every single person here. If you have lost your relationship or the cess, the aggressiveness, the love that you once had, restore it today. 
I invite you to come forward. I don't do that to humble anybody, humiliate anybody, but just it's an act of I will. I understand where I'm at. And I want to be in a different place. Holy Spirit. And those that want to affirm their faith more. If you're grabbed on to the mantle of the Holy Spirit with two hands, then doesn't mean you, you got it. It means you need to do more. Fill me up, Lord, more. Give me more of your presence. Let's worship the Lord. Dream from the well, Jesus is calling. 